0: welcome back to the Call Your Girls podcast. It is Kat and Kels here, and we are so excited for this episode. We are talking all things blogging and influencing today, so we are going to peel back those layers about every single thing you guys want to hear. We actually asked you guys to send us in some questions, and we have a lot of questions. So with that being said, we may end up doing two different episodes, which is totally fine, but we're so excited to talk about this
1: yeah so as kelsey said i feel like the blogging and kind of like influencing industry is one of those things that kind of feels like guarded you know what i mean it feels like even before we both got into it and i would like google questions there was not shit for information out there i think just because it's such like a new industry so you know i know some of it um i even today am very curious about certain things so we hope this kind of you know gives you guys an inside look at the behind the scenes because it's a little, you know, kind of weird, kind of interesting.
0: (laughs) But Honestly, it's such a weird job. It's so new, Um, especially like you said, whenever we started four or five, six years ago, there was not much information for us. So we kind of had to figure it out ourselves and definitely encourage you all to, you know, try to figure it out, but we're here to help you along the way. So you excited. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I feel like like we have a lot of good information. Oh, we Um, do. We do. So like Kelsey said, we're actually going to do two parts. So our first, our first pod, which you guys are listening to is going to be more so kind of about how we got into the industry and, you know, some tips and tricks for if you guys are looking to, or if it's just something that you're kind of interested in hearing about, that is what we are going to dive into today. And then our second part, will tackle a little bit more about, you know, the nitty gritty pieces about rates, about things that are a little bit more in depth. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, we will start with number one. Um, this is a question I know that we both seem to get a lot. Um, someone said, how did you get started and what was the beginning for you like?
0: So Kelsey. So whenever I got started, I, um, so I guess rewind. I don't know if you know this about me. I was going to go to college to be an elementary school teacher, like an early childhood teacher. I, love um, it. I loved it. I, I think I just loved kids because then I was in like My junior year of college, and I went into a, um, what was it, like sixth grade classroom, and I was like, oh, peace out. (laughs) I cannot do this. This is not it. Yes. So at the same time, I was in a sorority all through college, AOPI. um, And uh, in the sorority, we kind of took leadership roles. So at the time, I was um, the social media manager. So I actually got to kind of like play with our Instagram. That was when Instagram was like popping, just started out. And I got to kind of play with our Instagram, make it all pretty. And it, I thought it was so cool to be able to connect with people all over the world from like a social media platform. Like we were connecting with ale pies from all across the country. So I thought it was so cool. I made the Instagram look fire. And I um, no decided, <laughs> um, with like some of my sister's encouragement, I decided to switch my major over to marketing with a minor in social media management. So um, fast forward to graduation, I graduated, went to a um, sorry, I started working at a social media marketing agency where I manage different businesses, social medias. And that was where I kind of learned like the whole back end of Instagram, like how to grow your following little tips and tricks here and there, um, how to form a cohesive brand on Instagram. And, you know, I always wanted to start a blog. I just was always like I think I said this in the last episode that I was the type of person that just likes to tell everyone my opinion on everything, even if they don't ask. So I was like, I'm just going to start an Instagram. I'm going to use cats laughing over there. She's like, I just
1: want to insert my opinion wherever I possibly can, but I like that. Cause I feel like you always have really good opinions.
0: (laughs) Thanks. Um, so I, uh, kind of just started it on Instagram just for fun and just kind of built it up. And I used the same principles that I learned at my full-time job at the time to help build my blog, um, kind of learned how to make a website on Wix. By the way, if you guys are new, Wix is great. Wix.com. That's where I started. Um, until you are ready for like a coded website where you can like have more flexibility wix is like drag and drop easy peasy it's so great to start um but i remember the beginning i had no idea what the fuck i was doing (laughs) as all of us you know um i kind of was nervous i was like i I don't know people are gonna think of me i don't know like really what i'm doing on here like what is is anyone even listening hello (laughs) um but you know i just kept going and going and here we are
1: How was your start? I think that's how it is. Like what you just said, I think that's so true. And even when you gain a following, like, do you ever feel like sometimes you're like, am I talking to anybody that cares? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I still feel that way. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's so funny to me when people are like, oh, you have these followers. I'm like, trust me. It doesn't, I don't think it ever feels like that personally. Um, But yeah, so my start was like kind of similar to Kelsey's. I didn't really like get into it from a super linear path. I had like kind of like a weird stomach growing up, long story short, and I was trying to cure it in college. I was like, what is wrong with me? So I ended up doing a gluten-free dairy-free diet, which I had just like had such a standard American diet. I just like ate a shit ton of cheese, like every other kid and pasta. Um, And I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So long story short, I started reading a lot online and I fell in love with all these like health food blogs. It was just really interesting to me. These people were living so well and like eating so well on these like allergy friendly diets. And I was like, oh, this is cool. So I did that for about a year and I felt so much better. And during the time when I was like making all these different recipes, I would share them on my personal Instagram just for like ha ha's, you know what I mean? And people would message that I would know like personally and they'd be like, oh, I've always wanted to try dairy free or, you know, dairy has always bothered my stomach. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Can you send me the recipes? So from there, I made a blog um, just to kind of highlight the recipes that I was making just for family and friends. And like, I think a lot of things pop up that you don't realize are going to be like big parts of your life. Like I just did it for fun. Like I didn't give a shit about school. I didn't like being in school. And like Kelsey, I changed my major multiple times. Like I just, you know no offense at all school is great and it's a privilege that we have to be able to have an education i just don't think i had a super particular path like it seems like certain people do i really didn't know what i wanted so for me like in college my blog was always the thing that i like really really liked and i had a lot of fun doing and i also worked as a stock photographer at the time, I worked for Shutterstock. If That's so know. dope, isn't it? So random. So I would—I don't know if I ever told you about this. I would do these like like brand campaigns where I would create photos for brands to use on their social, like kind of what we do now, but in a much more like granular way. And I would get my friends to be models. So I had Disney one time for Netflix, like crazy, right? When I was like 19, and. I got my friends. I'm like, come sit on the couch. We're going to throw popcorn. Like (laughs) we're going to, we're going to make these really cute photos. And then I literally sold them to Netflix. So, you know, I was doing photography at the time. So I kind of already knew how to use a camera and stuff. So blogging sort of went hand in hand with that. And then when I graduated, um, similar to Kelsey, I got a job working in social media, but the whole time, like you know I kind of was like, I would love to be doing this for myself. I, you know, I would love if it was sort of my things that I was sharing, things that I was thinking of, things that I was coming up with, not somebody else's, kind of just because I I liked it so much. And it eventually got to the point where I was doing so much of my own stuff that I left that job, but you know, I was still doing a lot of photography on the side. Cause like Kelsey and I will tell you, it takes years.
0: <laughs> Honestly, it does. And I feel like whenever Like, I kind of sped up my story as to I, you know, worked for the agency and then I started my blog. I had probably four jobs after that in order to get to full-time exactly. blogging. Yeah. Um, I th- I worked at a shoe com- like a shoe place where I did, I don't even know what I did actually. They just told me to make my own job and I was like, okay, <laughs> whatever. <that> I, <laughs> um, I tried to do some social media there. I worked at um, Stitch Fix as a stylist. It's I worked so at cool. a bar as a bartender and server. Um, oh, let me tell you, have you ever worked in the service industry? It's it's, I feel like it changes your life. Honestly, I can Everybody never leave a bad tip.
1: That. You know, so I literally, this is funny. I was literally a lifeguard for 12 years cause I was a swimmer. So I was literally a lifeguard from age 14 to 22. I worked at this like community pool um, that was down the street from me. And it was the best job cause nobody talked to you. <laughs> no one bothered you. <laughs> yeah, no one bothered you. I was like $11 an hour. I'm sitting here watching old people swim. It was great, but I have so much respect for people in the service industry because working with customers is exhausting.
0: It's a hustle for sure. It's yeah. a hustle. My my um, shifts would be either like eleven a.m. to three a.m. or three p.m. to eleven a.m. It's hustle. Yes, yeah, it is for sure. Um, but what what was your major in college?
1: So yeah, this is good because it relates to our second question. Um, a lot of people were saying like, did you study something specific in college and did it relate to blogging? For me, um, my university in <laughs> We had a Twitter class and I remember there was the only social media class and it was like this old woman that taught it and she was very sweet. Don't get me wrong, but she, my girl did not know anything about Twitter. (laughs) It's like, she didn't know. So my major was marketing, um, just like yours, at my la I literally switched my major my last year because I was like, I need to just like get a degree in something that's diverse because I know I want to do something in social, something in photography, something creative. I was like, if I get a degree that's super specific, it's gonna pigeonhole me. And I if I end up using my degree, I really don't wanna, you know, be stuck in a specific place. So for me, I didn't really have any training, even with photography. I would just watch YouTube videos all the time. Like I think that's the biggest thing. Like you can learn anything you want yourself, you know, like everything I'm doing today, I never had like a class or anything for, so you can learn anything. But didn't you have a um, social course or am I crazy in college?
0: Yeah. So my major was technically integrated marketing communications. So it was a mix, basically a mix of PR communications and marketing And then, um, it was basically marketing without the math because I'm absolutely terrible about math. I know. That's awesome. I know. Right. Once my advisor told me that I was like, please, yes, sign me up. up. I'm so bad at math. Uh, but yeah, I had a um, minor in social media. It was cool. I got to minor in it. Yeah. So I took some classes that like specialized in, um, like social media campaigns, social media marketing. It was definitely hundred percent different from what I do now, (laughs) but it definitely taught me kind of, you know, like the corporate side of social media so you know if I ever do I really hope I don't ever end up in a corporate job I feel very strongly about that but if I ever do um if it does lead me
1: that way kind of
0: have a background in that so
1: yeah I think if you have the ability to take those classes and you guys are in school definitely do it because social media is always changing and it's you know it's it literally is the way of the future I feel like so many jobs now are online that it's always a skill I think that's Mm -hmm. good to
0: have for sure, definitely. Um, okay, next question. Did anyone make fun of you starting out? How did you learn to not care?
1: <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> the yeah. short answer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Do you it- have any like? Do you have any stories specifically? Not necessarily like specific, but I just
1: remember so well, like people at like jobs I had or friends of friends like I feel like my close friends were always like oh that's cool like you do your own thing you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but friends of friends would always be like I saw you taking photos at that place like why were you doing that (laughs) I would be like (laughs) (laughs) you know like it's it's just so awkward and I even remember too like I actually this is kind of funny I think I told you this before in college when I was graduating a bunch of my friends had jobs lined up and like I just Still didn't know what I wanted to do. So I didn't apply anywhere. I was literally graduating. And my advisor was like, well, what do you want to do? Like, maybe, you know, I can point you in a certain direction, whatever. And I was like, I would love to work as a blogger. Like I blog now and it's so much fun. Like there's a lot of growth in the industry. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but you know, I kind of was just like spitballing. And I remember so well, he was like, all right, well, let's talk about realistic goals. (laughs) And I was like, okay. Uh And yeah, I mean, that wasn't the only time someone said that, you know what I mean? I remember a family friend tried to hire me to work with them and I said the same thing and he was like, okay, well, let's talk about things that are going to make you money. Uh And so I think it can be kind of hard because I think some people don't see your vision when you see it. And I think that can make it hard and it can be embarrassing, but at the same time, I think you just need to see what you're doing. Like, that was my thing. I always like put the binders on and I was like, I don't give a shit if these mm-hmm. people think I'm a weirdo for taking selfies all the time. Like, I don't fucking mm-hmm. care.
0: Like For sure. You know, I have to be, that's how I have to be for real. For me, um, that's cool that you started your blog in college. Like, I wish I would have started in college, give me like a little bit of leverage, but I started right after college. And after college, I moved in with my two best girlfriends, um, Chelsea Mack and, we lived in kind of like it's called South Side. It's kind of like the college area of Dang. Pittsburgh. So we were like, we're out of college, but we're kind of not. So um, luckily, them and then my other good friend in Pittsburgh was very creative, and uh, she was at the time trying to like start a blog. And then my other friend was very supportive. So I had just like a really good group of girlfriends that supported me. We would go awesome. take photos together. Yeah, uh, we were all kind of into fashion, anyways. So. Just taking photos for fun was like a thing, uh, which I'm so thankful for them because the way I started, I did not have any money. I didn't have a bunch of clothes. So I borrowed their shit all the time. That's um, a good tip. Honestly, it is. Borrow your friend stuff, your sister's, whatever. For me, Jamie was always supportive as well. For me, it was like my parents. My parents, um, it wasn't like they weren't supportive. They just had no idea what I was doing because it's so foreign to them. Uh, it took, it actually took me being on a billboard because I worked with a local, um, skin center. It's called skin center. And I, uh, they put me on their billboard and it like took me being on a billboard billboard for my parents to be like, Oh, okay. You're actually doing something like this is sweet. Um, which I think is funny because the older generation is so much, so much into like print. Yeah. So I thought it was funny. I was like the billboard, Um, And honestly up until I think three years into it. And I was making good money at blogging. And up until then, they still, like, my parents would send me listings for full-time jobs. And I'm like, time. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, this is what I'm doing. I kind of just, like, that's what you said, put my blinders on um, and just do, like, just know your vision and just do it. It's, it is, like, you know, it sometimes can be discouraging. I can't even imagine if I had a boyfriend or friends that really just, like, shitted on me for what I wanted to do. Absolutely. And I feel like that comes, like, if that's happening to you. I feel like you need to reevaluate the people in your life.
1: And I think you need to sometimes just really tell people why it's important to you. I think that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, I think sometimes people don't get it and it's not that you need to cut them out. I think you just need to have a conversation and be like, this is super important to me. I think it's something I'm going to love doing. It's going to make me happy. And it could be a really good job. Like, I think you really need to have that convo because I, I think it's easy sometimes for people to see things you do and just think that they're, hobbies, you know, like I said, this last time people would always be like, that's so cool. You have a hobby. <laughs> and I was like, it's not a hobby. <laughs> um, but okay. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, I think some people it's easy to kind of poo poo certain things. Cause people always feel like they know better for you. And I don't think it's people being mean. I don't think it's people not supporting you sometimes. I think it's just people feeling like, Oh, if I can help them kind of not mess up their wife, quote unquote, I'm going to try to steer them in the right direction. I think you just need to like have that conversation and be like, look, this could be really lucrative. And I need you to support me while I do it. Yeah. Listen to Kat.
0: I'm like, cut him off. Cut him off. (laughs) Well, I think
1: sometimes people just don't get it, you know? Like, I think it's kind of important to, like, even with parents, you know, because I I completely get that. Like, when I was just doing flash talk stuff and blogging stuff, my dad would be like, you know, do you want to look into jobs? (laughs) I was like, No. (laughs) I don't, you know, and like, it's, people are always on two sides of the spectrum with it. Cause I remember when I wasn't happy at my job, Zach was like, you should quit. (laughs) You don't sound Mm -hmm. happy. You should totally quit and do what you want to do. So it's like, you have people like that. And then you have people that just don't see it. And I think that'll all come full circle once, once you're getting to the point where you want to get to. And I think when you're happy, people support you when they see
0: that it makes you happy. Definitely. And if you aren't getting what you need from maybe your friends because they just don't understand it, you can always try to connect with people online that are also trying to build their blogs, find someone who is the same, you know, at the same following as you at the same point of their career as you maybe just starting out and, you know, link up with them, talk to them, you guys can share, you know, tips, tricks, just it's nice to always have someone to talk to about this stuff, you know?
1: Yeah. I think that's literally such a good tip because the people in your life, like if they don't work in the same industry, they don't want to hear about it all the time. And I completely understand that. Just like, you don't want to hear about something that you don't know about, you know, like you want to have those people that you can bullshit and complain and laugh and be like, Oh my God, did you get this email? <laughs> like yeah. you those people, you know, rather than feeling like you're in it alone. I didn't make blogging friends for so long. Lindsay was literally my first friend. I tell her all the time. <laughs> I'm like, thanks for being my first friend. Um, I don't know. I think I was just nervous about it, but don't be, you know, like people are really nice. And I think people, community is like everything
0: personally, you feel so much better when you're surrounded by people who just like, get it. For Sure. Definitely. So that's a little, a little tip from us. Um, okay. Next question. How when did you start making money off of Instagram?
1: So I feel like this differs, you know what I mean? And I'm sure you can attest to this for everybody. Like I think what I want to say up front with this question is don't put your timeline on someone else's timeline, because Mm -hmm. I, you know, have fall prey to this. And I'm sure you have too, Kels. Like we see people that get online and pop off in a year. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. how I have had a bug for eight years. You know what I mean? And I've only taken it seriously for like what seven, but it's just one of those things that everyone's timeline is really, really different. And I think a big part of that a big role in that is how consistent you are, how much you're sharing, how intentional you are with every single thing. I feel like when I really like made an action plan with stuff and was like, I'm going to post like this, I'm going to get these collabs and kind of made goals. That's when I started to see more growth, but I'm sure you can say this too, Kelsey. It was years before I made money. And like, oh, yeah. it was very small. I remember in the for sure. if I got offered anything, I would be like, oh my God, I cannot believe somebody wants to pay me for this. Like mm-hmm. I was like shocked by it. And I think it took a really long time. Like now I'm at a point where I feel really, you know, comfortable in what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I think it takes a lot of time.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think there's a fine line, honestly, between like when I started out, when you started out, this was like just a hobby. And then we turned it into a business because that's just what happened. But I think nowadays people know that it can be a business. So I feel like there's a fine line between starting it in blogging because you genuinely love it. You have to love it. You can't just do it because you want to make money on Instagram because you're not going to be happy because you work all the time. So you need to love it. But I feel like nowadays people who are smart are being a little more intentional with starting, starting it with a business mindset, um, like branding logos, um, your kind of like voice, your v- brand voice. Your niche. So I feel like, yes, exactly. So I feel like there has to be, kind of, there's like a fine line between like, make sure you love it, but also have in the back of your head, like if I want this to be a business, this is what I need to do to make it a business, which is what we're going to tell you a little bit about today. But I think I, I did my first paid collab. I think I had, if we're putting a number on it, I think it was like two years into it. And I think I had like 12K.
1: I had 10K. I remember Mm -hmm. very well. Cause now you see people at 10K doing very well. And I'm like, wow, I made
0: $50 at 10K. You know what I mean? Yes. And let me tell you, like, um, one of my girlfriends is an example of this. Uh, she was actually interned for me a couple of years ago and she's now at like I think almost 50,000 No, yeah, and with her. Oh, she's so cute. Her so name's cute. Natalie. <laughs> um, she's so cute. I uh we'll put her handle in the show notes in case yeah. you want to check her out, but she's so cute. Um, anyways, I uh kind of watched her grow and she had such a good brand at I think she started at like 2K. Um, she had such a good brand at like six, seven K that she was getting paid deals. I'm pretty sure. So it doesn't necessarily always mean what number you have. It depends on how well your audience responds to your content. Um, I remember I did not ask for money until I felt confident that I could return the fate, like give them an ROI, a return on their investment. Cause how embarrassing is it? to just, you know, start a blog if I had however many followers and I was like, okay, I can charge this because I have this many followers and you work with a company, you charge them and you don't give them any sales. That doesn't show that like your audience is converting and it doesn't show that you actually have a connection and an influence on your audience. So technically, even if you have followers, you don't necessarily have a business. So really focus from the beginning on your audience, making sure the people that are with you are happy, you're giving them what they need. I know it's hard. It's like a mind game with the numbers. It's like, I need to get higher so I can make money and blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you brands even more nowadays than before. I feel like brands are really appreciating the micro influencers.
1: Yeah. I think that's such a good tip of what you said. Like even about, I know so many people like, you know, Mm -hmm. not specifically, but so many people that you can really like look at someone, right, with like 20K versus someone with like maybe 200K. And the person with 20K can be killing it compared to the person with 200K. It really comes back to knowing your audience. And I think just, just really trying to like, I don't know, water the flowers you have. <laughs> it sounds so oh, simple, love that. You know what I mean, though? I feel like we're also, like you said, in the mindset of more, 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 more all the time. Mm-hmm. I think like for me in the past couple of years, because growth has been so stagnant for all of us, like it's important to just be like, I really want to connect with the audience that's been here for me this whole time. Not just be like, Oh, you're already here. I need more. You know what I mean? Like trying to focus on the people that you have, even if it's at a smaller number, that's a hundred percent fine. If you have 200 people that are obsessed with you and buy everything you share, like that's a huge influence in itself. You know, like never think a number is too small as long as you're connecting with people.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Hopefully that <laughs> helps you guys. Hopefully that one <laughs> helps
1: you. Um, We'll pop on to the next one. This is a really good one. And I think you do a great job at this, Kelsey. So I'm going to let you take the lead. This one says, (laughs) how did you stand out as an influencer and be successful in a saturated field? And I think this is great because there's a lot of people on Instagram and it is saturated.
0: You go, we're just going to pop on. That's very (laughs) on brand. Also, sorry if you guys hear a little dinging in the background. I have my text connected to my computer and I cannot figure out how to mute it. So (laughs) that'll be the goal for the next (laughs) time we (laughs) record. Um, Okay. So uh, how to say now as an influencer. Um, Okay. So I actually was listening to a podcast the other day. I was listening to Courtney Shields new podcast. And she said something that like, I feel like I'll never be able to get out of my head. And she is, she was quoting someone else. I'm sorry. I don't remember exactly who, but she said that to be successful, you either need to be the first, the best or different. And I was like, wow, that's so true. Um, And I think obviously like I'm not the first, no one's the first because blogging's been around. Mm -hmm. Um, You could totally be the best, but I feel like there's always gonna be somebody, you know, no matter what you do, there's someone who is kind of maybe better than you at a specific thing. Uh, So I would say the number one thing is to be different. Um, I feel like my different is like my body, how I talk about my body, talk about body confidence, able to share how you know, different items fit somebody who's a size eight to 10. So I think I would say actionable items, I would say, try to find something that you're, that makes you different from others in the industry. Um, try to, I feel like photos can really stand out, especially when you're just starting out and you want brand deals or you want a brand to pay attention to you. Uh, good photography is awesome. And you don't need a fancy camera. You don't need to spend a lot of money. Just iPhone. Honestly, iPhone's great. Some editing apps. You good to go, girlfriend. Lightroom. I know so many creators that sell their presets. I sell mine. Kat sells hers. Uh, and they also have tutorials how to figure that out. Also YouTube, like Kat said, can YouTube everything. <laughs> everything. Um, but also a little tip. This is a tidbit. And I don't know if we have a question that goes about it. So I want to talk about it now. I should have mentioned it in a past question. A little tip on how I feel you can get collaborations. I did this whenever I started and it worked for me. I, you know, the quote that's like, fake it till you make it, you know? Absolutely. I kind of faked it till I, I don't know. I don't even know if I've made it. I don't know, but (laughs) we're still trying to make it. I think you made it. (laughs) (laughs) But like say, for example, I wanted to work with Aerie. They're still my dream brand, Aerie. Hit me up. Yeah. Um, yeah, but please, <laughs> I'll do anything, just kidding. Um, but really, okay. Uh, so say my dream brand is Aerie. I would maybe purchase something from Aerie or if you're low on funds, go into the Aerie dressing room and do a try on haul in Aerie. That's tag fair. the brand, like tag the brand, show your audience and show other brands what it would look like if they hired you. So for example, if your Instagram is your family and like your friends from college, chances are no brand's gonna work with you because you're not putting out the content that they need. You need to make your Instagram look like how a brand would want to hire you. Does that make sense?
1: No, I think that's such a good tip because I think sometimes people get a little embarrassed. Like I was just talking with a friend that wants to start um, blogging here in Philly. And he was like, do I keep like my personal Instagram? And I was like, hell yeah, just transition your content. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes I'll get messages from people and no shade, like their content is super personal. You know what I mean? So it's like pictures of the kids, pictures of the babies, um, things things that only people know you would relate to. And they'll be like, how do I do this? And in my head, I'm like, just start posting things that relate to more people than people you know. You wanna try to pull other people and reach people that, like you said, like brands. And I think that's such a good tip, like show them what it would look like for them to work with you. I feel that way about so many brands, like shout out urban outfitters, please hit me up. Mm-hmm. Um, we bought, you buy so much of these brands clothing and like create mm-hmm. the content that you would create for them. If you did a campaign for them and they'll see that and be like, Holy shit, we need this person, you know?
0: Yes. Yes. Or even like, you know, a smaller brand, like a boutique or something, Absolutely. they'll be able to see what you did with another brand. Like if they like the photo and they'll be like, okay, let me send you this. Can you get a photo for me? So that's a really good tip. And we're also going to touch on if you should start a fresh Instagram or keep your old one in a minute.
1: Yeah. Yes. We we will touch. (laughs) Um, Just one tiny thing I wanted to say off what Kelsey said. I think that's so true to figure out what makes you different. And I think sometimes we personally, I know I can look into that and be like, you know, me and Kelsey said in the last episode, we're regular ass people. Like sometimes I'm like, what does make me different? You know what I mean? Like, but millions of things that you're not thinking about could make you different. Your personality makes you different. The way you talk makes you different. The way you connect with people makes you different. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many little things I think that are intentional about the way that you act online and the way you act towards your followers. And, you know, even just the feeling that you give people when they come to your profile, like some people's profile, I jump on and I'm like, oh my God, I instantly feel like a community with them. Mm-hmm. You know, like some people I think are so, I have this friend, Kate Austin from Philly shout out Kate. I fucking love her on her story. She always says like, Hey besties, how are we doing? And I, I, she does it every day. And it's like just one of those things that I think of her when she does it, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. doing little things that make people. Yeah, that's cute. Like, they're part of your circle, you know? And like, it could, again, it could be anything. I think for me, sometimes I'll share like plant-based stuff and people are like, Oh, we'd love to see more vegan stuff. Like don't be afraid to share who you are. Cause it could be, like you said, even with body image, like it could be the thing that makes you stand out.
0: Exactly. Something as little as like, for example, I know we both swear something as little as swearing because, you know, some people, some people might be turned off to that, which is totally fine. Totally fine. Um, but others may be like, Oh yeah, I'm so down with this girl. Like, it's like, I'm talking to my girlfriend. Like she's not filtered. It's like, I'm talking to just, you know, my friend, like I just said.
1: <laughs> no, people say that to me all the time. They're like, I love that you like curse. I'm like, guys, sorry. Um, just cause I think some people are very PG 13 online and that's a hundred percent fine. Totally. But like Kelsey said, I just try to talk the way that I would talk to friends. Cause I'm like, I don't want to have to filter myself too much. I kind of just want to be me and you'll attract your audience by doing that. I think there's a place for literally everybody online just by being yourself. Like everybody's audience is different. Everybody's community is different. And I think you attract that by being yourself. For show.
0: Sure. Why don't we talk about if you, so someone asked, did you start a fresh business Insta or an old one? So let's just talk about that since we kind of touched on it. Um, I feel very strongly about keeping the same Instagram and here's why I, okay. There's a few reasons. One, I love going back into my Instagram and seeing how I involved, evolved. I love seeing that. Like I started as a personal page and then you see kind of like the photos you post that are like, oh, I kind of want to be a blogger. Here's a flat lay of my shoes. And then you see how your brain evolves, which I think is so cool, not just for me too, for my audience to go back if they want and see like, wow, this is so cool. I'm actually following a real person that used to have a personal Instagram. And it's just, I don't know. I also just love keeping the memories over there. Uh, Also, I feel like why start fresh? You know, you already have I mean, I think I had like three or 4,000 followers when I started. And of course some of them dropped off, which is fine. I don't want anyone following me that isn't interested in my content because what does that do for me? Nothing. So um, I'm like a big advocate of keeping your Instagram. What do you think?
1: I 100% agree with you. I said this to the friend the other day who I was talking with. He was like, should I start new? And I was like, fuck no, you shouldn't start new. You already have friends and family who are so dedicated to you and want to like everything you do and Mm want to see you thrive and want to see you grow. That's an audience in itself. I have so many friends and it's like, I think Kelsey can totally attest to this. Like I have so many friends who it's like, whether it's their sister, it's their cousin, it's my friend's friends, Mm-hmm. constantly buy things I'll share. And it's like, I wouldn't have that if it wasn't from the personal connections, you know, like, I think, I think those things are important. And what's the point of starting fresh? Like you said, there's no point. I think you can transition your content and the people that want to stick around for it, want to stick around for it. And I think sometimes that kind of surprises you people I used to work with will message me and I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe you're here.
0: <laughs> like, oh, for so sure. nice. yeah. like I like people from high school that I weren't necessarily super close with. I'm probably closer now with like on Instagram because they like follow and support or like I'll go, I'll see people in public and they'll be like, Oh, I love your, I love what you're doing. Like I I follow along and I'm just like, Oh, that's awesome. So I, I would not start a new one also from a marketing perspective. If I was trying to follow people, this is just how it is. I feel like this is just how it is. Let me know if you agree, Kat, that you're more likely to follow someone if they have more followers. So for example, if you're starting fresh and you literally have 50 followers, you may not get, like you may not attract as many people just because that's how people's minds work. They think, you know, if they stumble on someone's profile that has a million followers, they're probably going to be more enticed to follow rather if someone has a hundred followers. So I feel like starting out those friends and family that you already have are going to help you so, so much. Just get more audience, you know? Yeah. I think those people always like rally behind you too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
1: Like I was, I was featured in this like news article one time a few years ago and it got shared like crazy from people that I knew. And then, you know, people that you know, know other people that you don't know. So I think that's always like, it's always a thing. Like there's more eyes, there's more eyes paying attention to you than
0: you realize. And I think that's always a good thing.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree. Okay. What do we got next? Uh, How do you react when you tell people that blogging is your full-time job? (laughs) No, Kelsey
1: knows. I personally, like, I don't know, this one's a hard one. And I tend to stray away from it. Even like, even when people are like, what do you do? I'm always like, I work on, I work online. (laughs) I work (laughs) on social media. (laughs) I like never say Mm -hmm. only because I think, and this literally goes with our next question. I think there is a stigma with people, um, thinking about it being a full-time job. I think a lot of times people think that you don't do shit and that's okay. You know what I mean? Like we don't need people to know it's totally fine. Um, I think it can just be hard. And I think I'm sure you can relate to this, like even personal, like besties, like who I love so much and totally support me. Like I realized sometimes they don't even know the ins and outs of certain things. Like I was sitting down with my friends the other day and they were asking questions and in my head, I was like, Oh, it's funny to think like, you don't know how this works, you know? And they wouldn't know unless you told Mm -hmm. them obviously. But I think since it is a guarded industry, people tend to think you don't do anything like all the time, people are like, I would love to just take photos of cute clothes and get paid. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> so I think it can just be a little frustrating in that way. Or I think people can be really excited for you. It, it depends, I think, on how much knowledge they have of the industry. And honestly, mm-hmm. that's why I don't, that's why I don't bring it up that often. That's why I'm not that, that forthcoming with certain things, just because I don't love to have myself viewed in that light. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, exactly. I think, um, I'm a little hesitant to say it. It depends on the age of the person as well. Like if I'm speaking to someone older, I'll say like, I'm like in social media marketing because all almost always, but then sometimes when an older person asks, I like to say blogging because I like I usually say I'm a blogger. Do you know uh, anything about that? And they'll say no. And it'll be like a fun opportunity for me to kind of educate, e- educate them. Yeah. Which I think is cute. Cause then they're like, Oh cool. And they're appreciative that you like explained it to them. Um, but yeah, some people like will look at you either negatively or they'll be like, Oh, like, Oh, I need to like one or the other. (laughs) Yes. Which is interesting. I know we don't have a question on this, but I think it might be informative if we kind of just like ran through like everything we do, like just like a quick, like, okay.
1: (laughs) So
0: we answer emails. So we answer emails from brands. We pitch emails to brands to want to work together. Um, we filter through the contracts. I'm with a management company. So they help me a little bit. Um, Kat does it mostly all herself. She's a little bit of help. Yes. And then um, we filter through all the emails. So you're like, in, you're on the emails, which most jobs are like emails take literally all day. So emails will take like hours sometimes. Um, you shoot the content. You you figure out what you want for the content. Great. So one Content. <laughs> yes. So once you do get a collab that you're into and you read all through the media kit that they send you, because brands have specific what they want, what they don't want, which is totally expected because I mean, they're paying you, um, but it is a partnership you want to remember. So you want to make sure you do stay true to your brand always. And so you play, you're planning content, you're shooting the content, you got to get the photographer or figure out who's going to shoot it um figure out what props you need go buy those props figure out what alpha you're going to use make sure you get the product in hand i've been having such a hard time like getting things in the mail i don't know what's going on make sure you have the product in hand make sure it looks good for the photo take that photo take the go through the like i literally take 500 photos in one campaign <laughs> go through the photos pick your favorite take it into lightroom now you're a photographer and editor so now you got to edit the photos um you come up with the instagram or caption or whatever you record the stories if there's any stories that go with it. Write the blog post if there's a blog post that goes with it. Make sure it looks all pretty, obviously. Add text. Um, so that's the one half of the collaborations. Then, <laughs> then we have other sides. So we have the like um, financial side. So you have to invoice your clients and make sure that they pay you on time. And you have to make sure that you're doing your taxes properly or you could go to jail. <laughs> so then you're an accountant a little bit. Um, what, what else do we got?
1: Um, like, um, drafts, you know what I mean? You always have to send brands drafts. You always have to get approvals before you post anything. And that can be five or six times back and forth, trying to determine if it's right (laughs) kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we're not saying any of this. I just wanted to say this too, because I saw someone say this the other day on Danielle's story. Shout out, Danielle. Someone was like, I hate how people act. Like they're so busy or they do so much. Mm -hmm. And I get, I a hundred percent get that. Don't get me wrong. Every job. You wear mm-hmm. a million hats. Every mm-hmm. job, um, like, you know, it's not like ours is necessarily harder than other people's yeah. at all. I think it's one of those things that people don't realize sometimes how many mm-hmm. steps there is from start to finish for a yes. collaboration. Yeah. There's like
0: 30. <laughs> like, exactly, exactly. Yeah. We just want to kind of like be transparent with you guys as to like, this yeah. is exactly what we do day to day. Not that our job is any, you know, more stressful or more busy than yours may be. Just that there's a yeah. lot more to the the it than day just- day hmm then taking photos because then you go on the insta because instagram is its full-time job in itself and then we got the tiktok in the t- the tiktok because <laughs> 80 years old <laughs> oh my god I know I was just like oh my god I sound like my mom the tiktok the tiktok <laughs> my dad says tiktok I'm like I love you <laughs> honestly like all of the little platforms are like a job in itself and then we started our email list I just I started not too long ago. So I do like newsletter and emails, um, engagement on Instagram, making sure I answer, like, like it's impossible to answer all the DMS and it sucks so bad that I like can't get to all the DMS. That's a whole nother story, but you want to answer as many as possible because they're your people. And then there's a whole nother, like I never in my life thought that I would deal with all these freaking clothes and like all this stuff. Like not saying I'm complaining, not saying I'm complaining at all because it's, I'm very fortunate and lucky that I get to, um, but be almost like blogging has made me a, a minimalist. Like it's made me not want a lot of stuff. Oh, for sure. I think just cause there's so
1: many things that you get in to share, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. sometimes friends or even people will be like, Oh, I wish I shopped like that. I'm like, I don't, I don't wish I shopped like that. Me either. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want, like, I've been meaning to buy bathing suits from Ari so that I can share but I have a lot of bathing suits. Like, I don't want to buy these bathing suits. You know what I mean? So I think that's like Kelsey said, like, I feel so blessed to be in the position to even be able to like go on and have that be part of the job. It can just be a little tough. Cause it's like, you're always kind of expected to share the new and the best things you kind of have to have <laughs> the new things to be able to share that. And I think you wear a lot more hats than you thought you would in the beginning too. like, you know, at any stage, literally at any stage, you just, there's more things I think that there is to do during the day than, um, cause you can't delegate to anybody. It's Mm kind of all on you. So Mm -hmm. it's always, it's a fun part. It's a stressful part, but I think it's a rewarding part too. Cause at the end of the day, you're always like, damn, I did all of that alone.
0: For sure. We, and like, we want these episodes about blogging to be completely transparent, like no judgment zone here. We want to tell you the good, the bad, the shitty parts of blogging, the best parts of blogging. That's why we're being so just like candid. We want you guys to know that like Even though it's an amazing job and it's so cool, there are some downsides, just like there are to every job. And it's just a lot of inventory that I go through. And I, that's why I sell so much on Poshmark because I don't want to just, I donate a lot too, but I don't want to just throw it away. That's wasting. So I, and I don't want to, like, I literally don't have room in my closet for all these clothes. So that's why I sell out on Poshmark, but then Poshmark literally takes like up four straight days in a row to list everything and then send it out. So a lot of facets to the job. Just wanted to kind of dive deeper into that. So you guys could get a little bit of an understanding.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think sometimes too, it makes me feel better hearing about all the things people do. Because in like society in general, we tend to glamorize everything, you know, like certain mm-hmm. jobs I used to look at and be like, oh, I'd love to do that. And jobs that friends do. And then you hear the shitty parts of it and you're like, oh, wow. It's not that it makes you not want to do it. I think it just makes you realize that everybody has a job at the end of the day. And there's always parts that are going to suck. And there's always parts that are going to be cool. And that's totally fine. You know what I mean? Like nothing is hundred percent perfect
0: for sure. And I feel like a lot of bloggers don't share this stuff on Instagram because you know, people are going to come back and say like, you're ungrateful or you're complaining, or I don't want to hear it. So I'm really glad we have this outlet that we can just be a hundred percent transparent with you guys. The good, the bad, the ugly, you're going to hear it all. I <laughs> hope, hope you're cool with that. <laughs> but <laughs> so the next question was, why do we think there's a negative stigma on social media influencers?
1: Yeah, I think that a big part of it is kind of what we just touched yeah. on. I mean, I don't know if we have to go too much into it again, but I think the negative stigma is people feel like people are really successful for doing nothing. And I also think it just depends on, um, like you said, who you're talking to. Because I think some people can differentiate between like hot girls and like creators. And there's there's no shade about hot girls. Like I want to be a hot girl and I'm not. So, <laughs> like I, I can't post like ass pics and you know what I mean, get paid. Um, if you can, more power to you 100%. But I think some people realize there's a difference between the two and then I think other people don't. So I think the stigma is kind of just like you don't do anything. And I think a lot of people think everything's for show, too. I think it can be really hard to come off like authentic and candid, even if you're just talking. I think people always want to point fingers and say something isn't true or something isn't real because mm-hmm. um, they don't know you. So, like, I really understand that. There's no hard feelings. I don't think Kelsey and I ever get upset by that kind of stuff, but I think it can be hard to just be like, this is just me as a person. I'm not like putting on for the internet.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You hit it spot on. I feel like it depends who you're talking to and it depends who you're talking about. Cause there are, yeah, like you said, there are people that have it very easy. They can grow their following just being really hot and yeah, more part to you system. But, but people, you know, like we're actually forming brands. We are c- trying to create content, share our lives and actually like make a difference and make connections, which I feel like it's looked over by majority of the population when they think, oh, social media influencer.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think that people, I think people forget the connections you make too. And I mean, we often forget the connections you make. Sometimes people will message me and say they've been following for years or they, some girl messaged me the other day and was like, you shared an overnight recipe on your blog in 2012. Like, where is that? And I was like, that is the sweetest message I've ever gotten. You oh. know, like, it's, it's just lovely to think that you have kind of been a part of people's lives and just like you've been a part of their life, they've been a part of your life. I think about mm-hmm. things people say to me online every single day. And I think about the people that I connect with and I'm like, I wonder how they are,
0: you know? Me too, for sure. Okay, um, top five tips to be a successful blogger on specifically Instagram. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> she did a little snap snaps.
1: <laughs> um, honestly, like I just, I think, don't get me wrong. There's a million tips people could make. I think like just one, I just want to hammer home on one. I'm sure you agree with this cause Like I would say consistency over anything, the people that you see rise to the top and the people that I have seen when I started, you know, now at 500,000, 600,000, 1 million followers, not that followers mean anything, you know, smaller people too, who I've just seen create an amazing business. They have been so consistent. I think it's easy online because the internet beats you the fuck up. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, people aren't always nice. And the internet is not always nice to you. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like, I think you just need to see the vision and you need to keep going, you know? Cause like there were so many times when I was making zero dollars and like me and Kelsey said, like I would wake up and be like, am I fucking up my entire life? And I'm so glad that I kept going. Cause I would never be here. And I would never feel as like lucky and as blessed as I do to do something that I really, really love. So mm-hmm. I would just say like more than anything, make a schedule. And be super consistent. Just say, you know, and even if just do something that is like my friend Josie said this on a podcast, and I thought this was so good do something that's attainable for you. If posting seven days a week on a high resolution camera is not attainable for you, don't do it. Post Mm -hmm. mirror selfies four days a week. Like Lindsay, our friend, used to always post mirror selfies, and she gained such an audience doing that. Like just do what you think you can do.
0: Yeah, I agree. You hit it. Um, I think, especially now, it's so different than when we started. Like, y'all, Reels are it. Like I am shook. I am shook. Do people still say that? I think it's in. I'm shocked. I did not yeah. want to do reels because I just like video content's not my favorite. It just you gotta edit, you gotta like make sure everything's a perfect because yeah, because you can't like it's not a still image. Like if you turn around and your extensions are showing, you're like, oh fuck, I can't use that because my extensions are showing. I can't even try mm-hmm. to like fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a video. But I finally gave in. I started the reels. In the TikToks, and I grew. Like, I'm telling you right now, as of today, if I would give you an actionable tip, start making reels, start making TikToks because they, like, I think I grew. I have not steadily grown in like a year, unless I did like a giveaway or something like that. I've not like steadily grown every day just a little bit until I started doing reels and TikToks. I think I gained like 5K in the last like I think like six weeks. Like what is going, going on? Amazing. Yes. Like, and I also like, we haven't even talked about this, but um, I'm like shocked that reels are doing so well. Um, so I would say like really focus on video content right now. Um it's Focus focused on what's Instagram is prioritizing. You know what I mean? At the time. Yes. Yes. And uh, like what I did whenever I first started is I looked at my favorite bloggers and I didn't copy them, but I used them as inspiration and kind of as like a guide. So I was like, okay, so I, I started my blog originally because of Carolyn. I loved her, loved her, still do. And I would see like, okay, so she wrote a blog post and she's helping people like find s- sandals for spring. I'm like, oh, that could be helpful. Like I would want to read that. So I was like, okay, what else could be helpful for people getting ready for spring? Okay. Maybe dresses, like if people are going to weddings and that's how you kind of get ideas. You look at who's successful in the industry. You see that they're doing try-ons. You see that they're doing this. You see that this is working. Um, Even if stuff resonates with you as their audience, you can think, okay, so if I do something like that, someone else may resonate with it. Absolutely. Yeah. So definitely like tip one, video content. Tip two would be to kind of like use people as inspo and kind of figure out like what works for them and try it out. See if it works for you. Three, I would say you have to have to talk on Instagram stories unless you're like extremely beautiful and like, or have like a really good vibe aesthetic and people just follow you for the aesthetic, which is like very, I feel like very rare. You need to show people your personality. That's why they're going to follow you. Even if
1: it's awkward too, you know, like sometimes people be like, you're so candid on video. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't always feel like that. Like when you first start taking videos, you feel like an asshole. When you hear your voice, you know how it is. Like even when you are younger and you hear your voice on like a voicemail, people are like, turn it off. <laughs> like you don't want to hear yourself recorded. Um, I think the more you do it, the less weird you feel. And you know, you don't have to spill your whole life, like just. Mm-hmm. Do stories about things that feel comfortable to you. If it's a try on, if it's a recipe, if it's, if it's something that's a little more, you know, like narrated rather than just like chatting kind of, that's fine. That's totally a fine way to get into it. Like, like Kelsey said, I think I personally feel a lot more connected to people when I feel like I kind of know them a little bit rather than just like someone hot behind the screen. Cause there's millions of hot people. <laughs> like
0: hundred percent, hundred percent. I feel like the, the little chats like you do all the time, that is what makes people get close to you it's because you're like talking to a girlfriend you know
1: and even Uh, if it's stuff you don't think people care about it's like I I just like talk about dumb shit all the time and in my head I'm like why am I saying this in front of 50,000 people (laughs) like why but then you have a lot of like really funny conversations with people like people online keep me laughing the things that they send me and people remember stuff like days later people will be like oh I remember you talked about this the other day like here's a link here's I was watching this I thought you would love it like it just ingratiates
0: people a little bit more into their, um like you into their life and um, them into your life as well. For sure. Y'all throughout this podcast, you will notice that Kat has an extraordinary vocabulary and I don't. <laughs> what did I say? I don't know. No, you said so many things so far that I'm like, wow, what a nice I word. You. I used to
1: let people cheat on me, uh, cheat off me
0: in vocab. So <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> hopefully your teachers don't hear this. <laughs>
1: The one thing that I'm going to, so I appreciate it.
0: (laughs) Uh, But just lastly, going off this question um, for Instagram stories for talking. Oh, remember that they are not live videos. Like you can record it as many times as you want until you feel comfortable with posting it. So like, don't get too psyched out. Like just try it, like go in your closet. If you don't want to be around people, try to do it when no one's home. I still like, feel more comfortable talking to my phone when like Jamie's not next to me. <laughs> and, like I've, I've been doing this for like four, four or five, six years. I don't even know anymore. So.
1: <laughs> oh, same. I think it's always like that though. Cause it's like, you just, you want to be yourself without feeling like there's like eyes on you and that's okay. You know what I mean? It doesn't make you like lame or weird. You hear people with 500,000 followers say that all the time. They're like, I just feel, I just feel more comfortable doing this by myself. And it's like, that's cool.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure. Okay. Next question. What's the best and worst part About blogging,
1: I think we'll probably have similar ones Mm -hmm. for this. Um, Maybe we'll do worst part first because I always it's nice to follow up with best part. Yes, (laughs) Um, I think like personally, the worst part for me is the fact that you're never you never feel like you're done. Like sometimes friends will be like, "I'm so bored," and I'm like, "Oh, I want to feel like that." Like not again, not complaining. Like I just I always feel like there's more that could be done. You know what I mean? Like even if I'm watching it like TV or something, or I'll be watching a movie and I'll be like editing a reel. Even the Mm -hmm. other day I was watching a show and I'm like, oh, I want to watch this show. And Zach's like, we're editing a video anyway. And I was like, yeah, you're right, I am. (laughs) (laughs) What is
0: bored? What is bored? I don't know. Right, (laughs) I was like- There's always more you can be doing. And that's just the nature of the industry. You don't clock out.
1: Right, it's because I think it's all kind of on your own. And I think sometimes like it's, you know how it is with like content. You have to create stuff every day. I think sometimes like I- You know, like become a bit envious with people with jobs that or careers that they like sell a product. I think that's so smart. I think that's so smart because you create a product, you do a drop, you sell it for like a couple months and you just chill. I'm sure there's a million other things you have to do. Don't get me wrong. But I think the annoying thing about being online is the fact that your content lives for a day and you have to create a ton more the next day. Mm -hmm. So it never feels like never feels like you're done. And I always feel like there's a bit hanging over my head, but I think we all need to get better about having a balance with that. Cause I know that's
0: sure. what I'm not good at. <laughs> yeah. Same. And I feel like it's like that with any type of marketing, you know, you could always do more, especially with social media age, you can always do more posts. You can always send more newsletters. You can always, you know, answer more comments, answer more DMS. It is hard to turn off. And it's like, But it's also like I don't want to. I love it so much that it's like I need I need to turn off for my mental health, but it's like, oh, I just enjoy it. it. Yes. So that's kind of hard to navigate. Um, I think another hard, um, hard part about being a blogger and putting your life on Instagram is the unsolicited advice and opinions that you get. Uh especially with the followers, like if your following is growing you have to think quadruple amount of times before you post something like you have to look at every angle of it like is someone gonna perceive this wrong like I can't I can't just go on Instagram and post whatever I want anymore. It's interesting because I try to but then I'm like, okay, I need to think about this like from a 100 different angles and make sure no one's gonna like take this offensively or cancel, cancel me in the unfortunate culture that's going on. Um, yeah so it is hard it's hard especially when people like you said before like people don't know know us hopefully this podcast will get people to start like really understanding that like we are real as fuck. I feel like we're both very real, um, on our platforms and are the same as in person, but it's hard. People don't really understand the intent, your intention with things. And they just, it's so
1: true. It's, it's so, so true. It can be taken poorly sometimes. And I think it's hard because it's like, we put ourselves out there. So I would never complain about the unsolicited opinions. Cause it's like that, that just comes with the job. Mm-hmm. But I think at the same times, it can be a little frustrating. Like people just say rude things without thinking about it. And like, I'm just someone who's so like, I want to only say things that I really mean. And I want to, and we all talk shit. Don't get me wrong, but I try my best not to say things that I feel like are going to rub someone the wrong way. Cause what's the point? Like is that going to make you feel better? Cause it doesn't make me feel better if I say something rude, you know, like Mm -hmm. even just the little things people say sometimes, like I even remember like hearing from friends, people would be like, your tan looks bad. Your hands are messed up. Like what, (laughs) what? Some things people say to us, I'm like, I would never say that to even a friend. Like why, Mm -hmm. why would you say that? So I think the thing that is hard is like you deal with people that aren't necessarily people you would want to deal with in real life. In real life, you have a choice, you know, who you're friends with who yeah. you connect with I think online sometimes you don't and 99% of the people are awesome you just get 10% of like trolls that are
0: gonna be mean <laughs> yeah you have to block and move on but it's still I mean it still sucks yeah especially like I'm so sensitive I wear my heart on my sleeve like I I just now like five years later I've started to realize like you can't please everyone like people are going to say shit and you have to brush it off but it's still it's like you know, when your boyfriend will be like, text you and be like, we need to talk. And you get that like feeling in your stomach. That is how I feel when I get a mean message. I'm like, oh my God, someone hates me. Do other people think this way? Do I need to delete this? What is going on? What should I do? Um, so it's, you really just like, you get used to it. You do, you get used to it. And like you said, 99% of people are awesome. It's like the 1% of people that are just like, oh, my mood is down now because you told me my tanner looks bad, but when you always remember the bad things, unfortunately, like even just in
1: life, like you remember the times people were rude more so than you remember the people that were so nice every day. Like the mean things kind of stick with you. And I think that kind of sucks. But I think, like you said, that's such a good takeaway. Like you really can't please everybody. And that's totally fine. I don't want people following me that feel negative about me or feel like they have to talk shit all the time. (laughs) Like, like, please just leave, like see yourself out. You know what I mean? We don't, we don't need to be friends. Um, That's, that's a hundred percent. Okay. I think it's all about finding the people that care about you and
0: are cool to you. And, you know, don't want to be negative like that, but there's always going to be those people. Yeah. And I do think it's just a hurdle because Instagram is like on text, like it's in DM. So you can't hear somebody's tone of voice by that. There's been times people have messaged me and it sounded so rude and I would respond. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like I didn't mean for that to come off rudely. So if you are someone, yeah, just if you're a follower listening to this, not interested in blogging, it's a little tip, maybe just throw in a high or like a heart or something. I think just talk to people the way that
1: you would want to talk to a friend. I even try to do the same thing. Like, you know, sometimes you'll message certain people for like a link or something and they'll just send you the link and that's totally fine. But I always just want to be like, yeah, I'm here to help. Like anything you need, let me know. Like mm-hmm. just talk to people, the way you would talk to your friends, mm-hmm. don't talk to people the way you would like be mean to someone when you're annoyed because <laughs> it yeah. doesn't anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was one more that Kelsey brought up that I actually didn't even think about. So maybe you want to take
0: the lead on this, but I thought it was a good one. Yeah, so I found that it's kind of difficult to navigate your friendships. Uh, For example, you know, like friends that I've been friends with in high school, college, they follow me and they watch my stories every single day. So they feel really connected to me. They feel like they're basically with me every day, whereas I'm not getting that side of the relationship. I don't get to see what they're doing every day. They're not on stories every day. So it does get hard. Um, I feel like a lot of people don't reach out as much as they would normally, um, because they already know what you're doing, which from the like, if I was on their side of the table, I get it, I totally get it. Totally. And they probably wouldn't know that this is like a thing. And plus, I said, it was a thing, you know, it's one of those situations, um, but just something to keep in mind. It is a little interesting to navigate friendships or if you're talking about something that you talk about on stories when you're catching up with someone. Like, like, I don't even, when I'm catching up with someone in person from high school, I don't even know if I should be telling them like what's going on. Cause I don't, i I usually ask like, do you watch my stories every day? Like, cause I genuinely want to know how much should I tell you? And it's awkward. You don't want to be annoying, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's weird, but it's just another like little thing you need to navigate. Yeah.
1: I think so too. It doesn't, it's not a bad thing. It's just kind of funny. Sometimes I even say, um, all the time, if someone reaches out to me, that's like a friend of a friend or you know, my friend's cousin to their friend, something like that. I'm like, it's funny. This person knows so much about my life and I know zip about mm-hmm. theirs. I'm like, I want to be as connected to people as they are. Today.
0: Me too. I wish everyone had a blog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Guys start one. <laughs>
0: okay. Let's talk about the best parts. Okay, great. I love
1: that. Um, honestly, for me, I feel like I was just always the type of person that wanted to talk to people. I just like think it's fun to meet people, fun to hear about people's like life. It's just interesting. Even when I was a lifeguard, <laughs> we would have people like come sit by us and my friends would be like, I am Ms. I was like, I fucking love this. They're telling me about their divorce. They're telling me about their drama. They're telling me about their job. I guess <laughs> so interesting. I was like, I know this about Joe. I know this about Mary, like, <laughs> I was very invested. So I feel like, um, getting to like talk to so many people and, you know, create relationships and just learn from other people that I never would have learned from if I didn't, you know, have the opportunity to meet Mm -hmm. people online. Like I think, and I'm sure you can attest to this. I've just learned so much like about people that I feel like if I didn't have the situation I wouldn't have and like how to approach certain situations and just, I don't know, all good things really. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. And it's nice to have that connection with people. It constantly makes me feel like you have this like whole big friend group. I just feel like everyone's like Mm -hmm. homies and like we all hang out every day and like talk shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love like, that's honestly one of the best parts for me is like the relationships and the connections you make, especially when it comes to maybe things you're struggling with. Um, You can connect with people. Like I know I talk about body love And a lot of other people are dealing with the same thing. I'm learning to love their body, um, accept their body. And uh, I feel like a lot of the time my followers will help me more than I feel like I helped them. Like they'll help me get through things and kind of just like bullshit about things more than like my post helped them. Um, Which is just amazing. It's honestly, we're like a big community. i Um, I think another really good part of the job is obviously being your own boss. You can work from wherever you want. You can work whenever you want. Um, I mean, obviously the more you work, the more successful you are. So if you don't want to work, you ain't going to make money, but, um, you have kind of the ability to make more money if you want to set your own goals. Um, take a day off if you need to, if you're sick, you don't need to like call into anyone. You can just like chill, um, I feel like the freedom is like the best for me and just being in control of like my life. Yeah. Your destiny. I would constantly uh-huh. say
1: that when I had left my job, I would say it all the time. Zach. And he was like, yeah, I, cause he had a corporate job at the time and now he is a tattoo artist. So it's kind of the same thing, like working for himself. He was constantly like, I am jealous of that. Like, I want to feel like, I want to feel like I know where my life's going. Like I think sometimes when you work for a company and nothing wrong with it at all, people make kind of your decisions for you. I think mm-hmm. in this case, it feels like if you set goals for yourself, you can attain them because it's, it's all about what you do at the end mm-hmm. of the day. For sure. Yeah, I think that's such a good one.
0: So, okay, anything else? I think we're good. We can, we okay. can speed on. Okay, this one's a fun question. Uh, what do you see as the trajectory of blogging for y'all or just in general?
1: I feel like sometimes, and again, I'm sure you agree with this, people will say things like, it's so saturated. There's so many people online. Um, you know, how do I even, how do I do this? Never say that to yourself because it is like all those things are true, but it's still such a new industry. Like it's an industry that's been around for like eight to 10 years. You know what I mean? Compared to all these industries that have been around for our entire lives, hundreds of years. I just feel like it's so new still, and it's only going to grow. Never psych yourself out by feeling like we said earlier, like you're never going to be the first (laughs) and that's okay um, just jumping into it, I think, and kind of seeing where it goes. I feel like there'll be another app. There'll be another space, just like there is with Instagram, just like there is with TikTok. But I think you can grow with it, you know, cause there's plenty of people that had blogs way back when, and then got on Instagram and then got on TikTok and then got on mm-hmm. various other platforms. Like, I think just always kind of looking towards the future and seeing exactly. like
0: Exactly. I don't think blogging and influencing is going anywhere. I think that it's just going to evolve with the times. Uh, I think that, um, like going off of what you said about a saturated industry, like the restaurant business is saturated and there's still new restaurants popping up here and there, you know, there's, that's never an excuse. There's you, there's always something you can bring to the table that's different and that's going to help someone. But, um, I definitely, I definitely see blogging and influencing continuing because especially like our parents generation was not into the tech stuff. We're in the tech stuff and we're going to be for the rest of our lives. I think it's going to be interesting because you're going to start seeing older bloggers, influencers that are like you know, through their fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties. Um, It's going to be really cool to watch.
1: I follow this like 55 year old guy who has like a heels blog and I'm fully obsessed with him. Like, I love this man. <laughs> like, so, He's so badass. What's his um, handle? I think it's like Mark something. I'll send it to you after I, I'm obsessed with this guy. He was in GQ. And then I was like, you are so cool. He's just so himself. He rocks the shoes. Fucking love this man. But yeah, he's like older and he takes like kind of like older selfies. And, and I love it. I think it's awesome. Oh my
0: God. So cute. We'll put him in the show notes.
1: So you yeah. guys, <laughs> guys are so. awesome. Well, there's always <laughs> a place for you online too. Like, I think, I think that people sometimes forget that. Like, people are like, I'm not this way or I'm not this way. There is literally a community for every single person online. Like there's, there's space for you. You know what I mean? And like my audience is probably a little bit different than Kelsey's audience. Just like all of ours are kind of different. You curate that by the things you share. Like, if you think that there's something weird that you do and you share it, you'll get an audience from doing that. Like you just, I think it's just about kind of seeing what you can bring to the table. Like Kelsey said, it's not, it's not that it's oversaturated. It's just about figuring out how you can do it for you.
0: For sure. And I know, um, I guess what's your goal out of blogging? So they asked, for us or in general? I feel like it's
1: hard. Cause when you start, it's just have fun. You know what I mean? Like it was like an outlet for me. I was like, I just want to share things I like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that. Um, I think now more so it's just like connecting with more people and growing a business that feels sustainable, something that isn't going to slip out of my fingers every five seconds. I think it can be really easy to feel like that online. And just like, you know, a community of people that are like here for you. I think a community grows with you through the different parts in your life. Like even our friend Kate just had a baby. And before I feel like she had a lot of like fashion followers, people that were interested in that. Now it's like, she has tons of mom followers, tons of people asking about those kind of questions. Like, I think it's cool to have those people kind of grow with you while you're growing Mm -hmm. your own thing that you can, you know, fall back on in terms of it being a business.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think my goal I think out of blogging would be to start a brand I agree Um, I think like a fashion brand specifically something that relates to like body positivity body love um inclusivity inclusivity for sure so that would be like my main goal I also would love to just maybe influence forever if you'll have me (laughs) I love no I hate like saying influence
1: you know (laughs) When you're 80, I know I never said that. It's so funny. My best friend said to me like two years ago, she was like, Are you, are? would you consider, are you like an, are you an influencer? And I was like, Oh, yeah, don't say that. <laughs> he was like, My friend asked me the other day and I never heard that word. I was like, Yeah. I
0: was like, That's what they call it. It's weird because it's like, I don't want to say that I'm like, influence. like my main job is to like influence people to like this. I, I would say fire, you know? Yes. Yeah, so my main job is to share what I like and connect with people and, inspire others to find what they like yeah for For sure
1: so we have one last question for you guys which I think is a really good one so someone said how do you separate your work from your personal life
0: since you film your life how do you do that you don't (laughs) literally
1: don't (laughs)
0: You don't. It's very hard. It's honestly very hard. Me and Kat, were just talking about getting like another cell phone <laughs> to be able to kind of turn it off when we want to turn it off. And it does get hard because I don't, at least for me, Kat, I think of the, about this all the time. I want to, cause my audience wants me to open up more. They want to, they want to see like my family, my everyday life with Jamie, this, that, and some bloggers do such an amazing job with this, bringing their family into it. And their family is like on board But what happens if like your family is not on board or you want to keep something private or people in your life just aren't comfortable with being on camera and like being shown all the time. So that's such a hard thing to navigate. It's like, what do I show? What do I not show? What do you keep to be your, I was literally just
1: talking about this to Zach day. Like, I sometimes feel like, certain days used to just kind of be your own. You know what I mean? You would just go do it. It'd be super fun. You wouldn't be snapping a ton of pics. You wouldn't be snapping a ton of stories. And you just like have those memories to like live in your memory. I think now sometimes it can be a little frustrating because it's like, oh, I need to make sure I have my camera. Oh, I need to make sure I have a cute outfit on. And you don't need to do that a hundred percent. I think it just goes back to always wanting to be productive and always wanting to get things done. Mm -hmm. It's hard to just have things be yours. And like Kelsey said, like, don't ever feel bad if like your family or your friends, your other, if anything like that, like, doesn't always want to be filmed. Not everybody wants that. You know what I mean? Like some people, like you said, are really good at that. And I think, um, the people in their lives really lean into it. Other people, they're less comfortable in front of the camera and they'd more just be your cheerleader, you know, rather than be a main character in that role. And I think that's a hundred percent fine. Like you just got to work with what you have. And I think for me, I never expect it from other people. Cause I'm always like, no one else chose this, like in any other job, it's just you. <laughs> I think what makes it hard in this job, like you said, is people really want to see everything. And I think some things you just want to keep for yourself. Like yeah. you kind of just want to guard and have that be your own. So like Kelsey said, you really, I'm sure people are much better about this. I feel bad for giving not a great answer, but it's, <laughs> it's just, it's really hard to do. I don't think I have a great balance at it at all. And I think it's tough to figure out what you want to share and what you don't at the end of the day. Yeah.
0: For me, I find that the challenge is it's easy for me. Like I could share everything. I'm such an open book, but it's the actual physical aspect of getting on my phone and recording it and posting it while I should be present with what I'm doing. Um, I feel like most of the time you agree. Mm -hmm.
1: That's exactly what I meant. Cause like when you take photos, when you take stories, it takes out the time from just getting to live in that day and live in that moment. Like suddenly you turn on and it's like work time, you know?
0: Yeah. It's like my schedule. Luckily, Jamie is now my fiance. If you're new here, um, is now kind of in the social media game too. So he definitely gets the whole, like, you got to kind of post at a certain time. You got to answer comments later. If you need to get something done later, you'd be on your phone. Uh, but that doesn't mean we don't still like to have time like off our phones. For me, my schedule is basically you work all the time until you're not working. Like I plan, I don't plan out when I work. I plan out when I'm not working. So like, if I say like this weekend, I'm gonna go hang out with my dad. I'm gonna go to the dog park, gonna take Blue for a walk with Jamie. I probably won't really be on my phone most of that time, you know, where I could easily like take you guys along and we could like do some cool, funny things at the dog park or you could I could show you guys Blue, which sometimes I still do. But the reality of my life, and I think Kat can agree, is that you're working unless you plan time to not.
1: Yeah, I think just because, like Kelsey said, like they all kind of run together. Your personal Mm -hmm. life and your work life run so closely together. Sometimes it can be hard to you have to really schedule that for Mm -hmm. yourself, like even the other day. It was like such a nice day and me and zach like one walked around the city we got milkshakes we did all this stuff and like in my head i was consciously like i'm not taking photos of this i'm not taking videos of this you know what i mean like you said about going for a walk to the dog park like yeah you could create some cute content but i think that we all need to normalize stepping away from our phone and missing filming those moments because you're living in those moments like i saw someone i follow say the other day they were like i haven't been talking on stories as much lately like and that's okay like i'm really just trying to be more present and living and i was like that's so true like we pressure ourselves so much. Like sometimes I'm like, damn, I wish I had my phone for this. Oh, I should have recorded that. Oh, I should have got a photo there. And I'm like, why we do that enough? You know, like you're allowed to have time to yourself and you're allowed to scale back. If you're not the type of person that wants to share that all the time, like we said earlier about the stories, just make a schedule for yourself and share the stories. If you're trying things on, then jump off your phone. Like, don't worry about it. I think that people like to know all the ins and outs of your life, but they don't have to, you know, like you don't always have to be on. And I think we need to normalize. Doing that and not making people feel pressured to stare at their phones and share everything 24 seven, because it's exhausting.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think the interesting thing just with blogging in general and going off this is that everybody runs their business differently. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You can be on your phone all the time if you're comfortable with that and it's good for your mental health, or you can, you know, set hours in your day. This is really an industry that you have to work so hard to build your own shit but once you kind of have it figured out, it's like so flexible and you can tailor it to your needs, which make it your own. Mm-hmm. I just kind of figured that out. Like, I, <laughs> like, no, you my, said it and I was like, <laughs> it like took my nutrition coach like a minute to tell me, like, you need to put yourself first. Like, you need to like take care of Kelsey, like mentally before you work, which is Absolutely. like a, a whole nother episode,
1: honestly. <laughs> yeah, you got to step away though. Sometimes I'll be like editing something at one. And I'll be like, I don't need to be doing this right now. You know what I mean? Like it snaps me back to reality. I'm like, if I was working for someone else, I would not be doing this right now. Like, I think you need to set those boundaries for yourself. And like Kelsey said, everybody does it differently. Some people are slaves to their phone <laughs> and they're good at that. And they love that. And that's hundred percent fine. I can think of so many other friends that never share stories or, you know, only share a small curated amount and only share curated amounts of the feed. And that's what they're comfortable with. That is totally fine. Like, don't let anyone pressure you to feel like you have to do something a certain way. If it doesn't feel like you, or especially like Kelsey said, if it affects your mental health, because that's never, you know, you, you always want to put yourself first. The internet will literally always be here (laughs) when
0: you come Yep, Preach it sister. Okay. Well, that is all we got for you guys today. This is the end of the first part of the episode. We're going to do a part two that goes deep into kind of how to grow your following more tips and tricks. Um, so look out for part two next week, but if you guys love this episode, please subscribe, comment, share. Uh, it means so much to us, especially starting out. We're so new. Um, sharing on your Instagram story and giving us a tag would help honestly so much. You can find us at call your girls podcast on Instagram. Thank you guys so much for listening.
1: Yes. Uh, sometimes I think it can feel a little cringe saying, like, you know, like, subscribe, follow. <laughs> but now I get why people say it. Um, being on the other side of the lens, it really does mean the world. Like, even when I see people share your feed to their story or something like that, it, it just means a lot. It's like a little thing. And I think people don't realize how much it means to us. Like, it, it makes my day, it makes my week when someone's like, I recommended you to this person or I shared you to this person. It always makes us really happy. So, any support, we completely appreciate. But If you ever need anything, don't forget to call your girls. See you guys. Bye.